Hello and welcome to episode 26 of In PS We Trust. My name's Davey and joining with me as always is Phil. Bridget, you're the president of Jack Shit. And Spencer. What the fuck was that? We're a Fortnite PlayStation podcast and we each bring one topic of conversation to the table to go in depth on. But first, before we get into that, Phil, it's Death Stranding Day, baby. Let's go. I was expecting some pew, 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 not going to lie, not going to lie. I haven't got that all queued up, but I can definitely put that in post. Okay, all right. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Are you happy? I am very happy. If people have been following me on Twitter, it's all I've been tweeting about today, talking about jackets, t-shirts, the game itself. Um, I've only had a couple of hours in it, um, but I'm sure we'll cover that when we get into what we've been playing. The reason why I wanted to come over to you first is because I see you're wearing a very fetching t-shirt. Do you want to describe to the audience what you're, uh, what you're wearing right now? Yeah, so uh, strangely, on the day that the Death Stranding director's cut was delivered, so was my t-shirt. Uh, it is the church's uh, official Kojima t-shirt. So yeah, it's on Twitter if people want to go and see it. I got to say, listeners, you're missing out right now. I know we're an audio-only podcast. But Jesus Christ, this is a feast for the eyes right now. But we better move it on track. Guys, it can't be another episode of MPS We Trust without us drinking some assorted kinds of alcohol. So boys, what are you drinking? Right, well, I always start, as tradition. I've gone for a change today. I'm drinking something I've actually, I think anyway, I've never had before. What, never in your life, or just never on the podcast? In my life. Oh, okay. I might have done, but I can't remember. If you've had it on the podcast, we've got fans now, Spence, so they'll be writing in. I've definitely, I've never had it on the podcast, 100%. Okay, is it Jim Bean? It's not. The official? No, 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 okay. Let, let me just check your Wikipedia entry. What has Spence been drinking? You'll have to tell me so I can match it up. <laughs> I'm drinking Bex, mate. Oh, no. You're not a fan? No. Do you know, there's only two beers that I hate in this world. I mean, there's a lot of craft beers I hate. But I mean, out of the general beers that are, you know, your normal lagers, only two that I detest. Heineken and Bex. I fucking hate Bex. It just gives me a headache. Trash lager. I can't agree with you on the Heineken, but Bex, definitely. It's a low-tier lager for me as well. I'll tell you what, I, I kind of pulled a Davy. Whereas the reason I bought it was because the crate it came in just felt really nice. And it's like a weirdly like really strong cardboard. It was like, it was the opposite of fragile. There was no shot I was breaking. I was carrying it with the handle. You know those built-in crappy handles they have on the crates? Yeah. One hand in that and just holding it. There was no chance of it breaking. And then the lid like pops, the roof of it pops off. Okay. And then it's just like you've got a little open box to just pull backs out. It's really nice. And the bottles, the bottles are normal bottles, but the crate was really nice. Okay, so they, they suckered you in with that crate then. The, the, I tell you, this, we haven't really ever covered the cardboard quality on this podcast before. So this is new ground for it, for this, you know? Can I get a rating on the cardboard quality? It's 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, straight away. It's 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. It's amazing. If you could feel this cardboard, you'd gush. Talking about... Um alcohol packaging uh, have you seen those new cans which you can crack no no i think they're like fosters or something like that it's a, again a low tier lager but you buy them and you crack them open it's to get rid of the pull rings because they don't have the plastic pull rings that 
end up in the ocean and all those fish, you know, get caught in them. They love those, don't they? The fish, they absolutely just... They do. They're, they're drawn to those straight away. They see them and they think, I'm going to put my head through there. <laughs> yeah. Turtles love it, don't they? They literally cannot resist it. That and plastic bags. They just eat them all. They love it. Absolutely love it. Um. So hold on. So you're saying they literally get a can. You know, you know, like when you're a kid and you get like a can of Coke and you'd like stab it with like a pen and you drink out of a little hole, right, in the can. Is it that? Do you like split a physical can in half? It's not that. How's it? Uh, this is blowing my mind. And my explanation of cracking a can probably hasn't um, gotten over what actually happens here. I believe the two cans are connected somehow, right? So it must be, I don't know, some sort of glue, I would imagine. And as you twist them, they crack down the middle and then you have two cans. Oh, I thought it was actually like the drinking mechanism of the can was you split it in half and you've got like somehow like created a little impromptu cup that you can then like give half to someone. Now that would be cool if you could crack it top to bottom and you twist it open and then you've got half a can for your friend and half a can for yourself. How sick would that be? Brilliant. The ideas we come up with on this show. It'd be sick, but it'd have to be a huge can, otherwise I'd be pissed. I don't want to be drinking half cans. Or like a double can, <laughs> a two pint can, crack, and <laughs> twist it round. Yeah, that's what you'd need. That would be sick. Whoever does that first, I'm going to buy it. That's for damn sure. So what about yourself, Phil? What are you on? I've gone downstairs and we've had a look what's on offer. I've got a lot of brew dog there. And as you know, I'm not feeling it currently with the craft beers. No. Um, so I've gone for an oldie. It's been featured on the show many times, and I know you've got a brilliant Italian accent. I've gone for a Peroni tonight. Oh, great choice. So I've got a couple of uh, bottles of those, nice chilling in the fridge. Uh, so I'll be working my way through those tonight. How about yourself, mate? What are you on tonight? Oh, no. Oh, no. Our roles have swapped, Phil. So whereas you've gone for a really good beer choice there, I saw an offer and I just couldn't refuse it. So Beer 52 had this offer up for a crate of beers to come through your house. You just pay postage. £5.95. Thought brilliant. It arrives pretty quickly. Cardboard was great on the outside. The packaging that it was in was brilliant. Top tier packaging. Opened it up. And inside it had a little magazine. So you could have a little look at the beers that came with it. And you can look at the ratings. And you could look at what it is. And when I read those descriptions, it put the fear of absolute God into me. If someone was to describe a beer as milky stout ale, what would you get from that? Would that be something that sounds delicious to you? That's 100% in the bin for me. I hate those lagers. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be going near them, mate. And you've actually extended this offer to myself. I've taken it up as well. And I've ordered it, but I've gone for the light beer options. So I'm hopefully I'm not going to get the same trash that you've got through. But which one out of your crates are you drinking tonight? So I've got three in front of me right now with plenty more to go through. And I've picked the kind of IPA. So I picked one which is just literally just says lager on the front. You know, the more common, the better for me. That's how my taste buds work. So it's a, um, a Helles, uh, H-E-L-L-E-S, Hells uh, Lager. Um, and that's just a really nice, just normal lager. <laughs> just, just a nice lager. I don't know how else to describe it. I think a good rule of thumb with kind of craft beers and lagers is the longer the name, the shitter they are. So if it's lager that's been brewed on a, a hot summer's day, with infused with blueberry and, I don't know, all this other bollocks, right, then it's going to be shit. If it just says lager, hopefully it's going to be all right. You're in for a good time. 
So the other ones I've got in front of me is Temperance Restless Years, which is um, got a long board on the front of it. So it sounds like a PlayStation exclusive, mate. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does actually. Yeah. Now this is the thing kind of worries me. It says pale ale. All right, okay. I'm not a massive pale ale fan, but I'll drink it with rye. I mean, in rye, in bread. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just puts me off a little. But I'm drinking that at the moment. It's all right. Nothing special. And then queued up. Then after that, I've got L Train Chicago IPA. But this actually looks pretty decent. So I'll let you guys know. And if you hear groaning at random points throughout the podcast, it's me trying my drink and being like, fuck my life. What are alcohol volumes of these uh, these drinks tonight, Davey? Because I know they, they, they have a big variety, should I say, when it comes to craft lagers. Some can be as little as three. Some go all the way up to over 10. So what have you got tonight? They're all sixes. So they're all around a 6%, so quite high for a lager. Uh, 5.8, a 6, and the, the first one I had, which I really enjoyed, was a 4.7. So I'm going to run the gambit today, and I think, looking at the podcast topics, we've got quite a long episode ahead, so we'll see how it goes. But I think it's probably time for us, on that note, to move it on to what we've been playing. This time on NPS We Trust, what have the boys been playing? So guys, it's been two weeks since the last podcast. Phil, you found a new lease of life with playing games again. So I'll be interested to hear what you've been playing. Well, Davey, over the last two weeks, I have been continuing with a few of the games that we spoke about on the last episode, uh, namely God of War. Um, And I'm happy to report that I have completed the game. No way. Well done, mate. Well done. He's a gamer. So my journey started back on the 4th of the 11th, 2020. And like oil and water, I finished the game on the 14th of the 9th, 2021. Oh my god. Wow. And yes, for those eagle-eyed listeners, those are the names of the trophies. Fair dues, mate. So I suppose this is probably going to be potentially one of the last times you talk about it. Before I get your closing thoughts on it, you become a bit of a platinum gamer last episode where you were you're playing Ratchet and got the platinum. Any plans for that on this? Well, I was actually looking at the, the trophies and I did notice you had the platinum uh, for this game and I have been enjoying it. And I think there's a couple of different things left in the game for me to do. There's a couple of dragons that I need to free, I believe. There's a couple of areas which I need to explore fully, uh, some of the realms, as well as take on the Valkyries. And I know you've said that's particularly difficult, which I quite like a challenge after my hour in Bloodborne. <laughs> um, so potentially uh, I might spend a bit, a bit more time, but we'll have to see in two weeks. We'll have to see. I have a couple of other games on my shelf, which I'm trying to work through on the PS4, um, just to give a bit of variety to the show. It gets a bit boring if every time I'm talking about God of War. I know a lot of people love this game, so this is the reason I've revisited it, but I have missed out quite a few games I need to go back to on PS4. I've got Batman Arkham City to go back to. Nice. Nice. Great game. That That's one that's on my list, um, definitely. So we'll have to see when it comes to PS4 games. So we love a rating on here. What's your rating? for God of War, from what you've played so far, the actual main story? Well, the last part of the game uh, that I played over the last two weeks was the pretty much the end boss fight, uh, which I won't go into specifics because there's going to be people out there uh, that haven't played the game. Um, but it was quite interesting, the dynamic of switching between sort of fire and ice, your two weapons, basically, uh, and going through that fight with 
kind of there was a big giant involved not to give too much away with what was happening there um, but it was very interesting that fight I quite enjoyed it and it and it had lots of different phases to it and they were all kind of different so I did appreciate that and there was quite a twist at the end of the story yes yes there is there's a bit of bit of a reveal um to potentially what the next game's going to cover and I quite like that it drew me in a bit more okay particularly in the name of the character that comes up right at the end <laughs> I thought so. I thought it would do. I know you're a big fan. I am a big fan. Massive fan. So I think the game has risen, in my opinion, definitely. But it's not a game I love. Okay. It's just good. And I definitely will play the next one uh, and give it that time. It's not like coming out of God of War 3 where I just thought the game was trash, right? I just thought this is just another hack and slash kind of Devil May Cry game. I didn't enjoy it at all, right? But for this one, I did appreciate it. Did enjoy it. To a certain point but i don't love it so i'm gonna go with a high seven i know that's normally where spencer picks games and says seven out of ten but on my scale that's where i'm going seven out of ten for god of war on the ps4 yeah i hate this running joke not gonna lie <laughs> it's such bullshit do you want another one bug hunter <laughs> bug hunter's great i do like bug hunter that's coming up later because i got bugs in the next game i'm going to talk about i got bugs well i got bugs of <laughs> course you did mate of course you did it's on brand for you so what else have you been playing then phil i've also been spending quite a lot of time um trying to complete fist okay so you haven't finished it yet then i haven't completed it yet i have got to the end boss i've just completed the yokozuna fight right at the top of torch city yes okay yeah i know exactly where you are uh, without giving too much away. Obviously, I won't go into specifics of that boss fight. Um, but yeah, that, I found that one quite easy. That was quite easy to kind of work out where to stand and what to do at certain points. And definitely one of the end abilities that you get is really overpowered. Have you got that end ability, the one that you get? I haven't got the one you're probably thinking I've got, but it's one of the other ones you get towards the end of the game. Basically makes every boss fight quite easy, I think. It's the Omni Dash. Yes, amazing ability. Being able to dash diagonals. Where you can dash through enemies and through attacks. You're so overpowered. Yeah. Especially as soon as you learn the boss fight, it's quite easy to then go, right, this is the point I need to dash through them because they attack you forward so you can hit behind and so on and so forth. That, I suppose, is where I find the brilliance of this game is having that choice between do you do that and take the pussy option or do you stand there and parry every single one of those attacks? Because that's what I love about it is that I'm like, I ain't ever dashing through anything i'm like i'm gonna try and parry everything and i get fucked up for it but when i hit multiple parries in a row i pop off and i'm like let's fucking go i feel like uh, i feel like justin wong daigo is going on in my house you know i I, w- I was just about to say we both played third strike and you know how good i was at parries in those days so yes if i i will take as you've kindly put it the pussy option of dashing through them and attacking them as they attack me when they're facing forward so listen there's no point in me waiting until my section before i talk about this i've been playing fist and i've platinumed it i absolutely adore this game i love it in every single element of its design i think it's exceptional the metroidvania gameplay of it of going back around the environments you've already been through before with new routes opening up uh, which you find from abilities and upgrades later on in the game just adds so much extra to the experience And the fact that the upgrades and abilities change how base combat works, I just love it. I think it just gets more and more and more complex. And you can keep building onto your own skills and your own, 
your own skill level playing the game as much as you want to. I think you could probably get through this game really simply just hitting like a four button combo, but then pushing yourself to be able to start mixing all different weapons together and really getting creative with the combo system. It just gives you that depth if you want it. And as we said on this podcast, choice is always the best thing. I think when it comes to the boss fights, you could probably just do it with the base fist. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you definitely could. If you could time your jumps at the right times and, and dashes, then I think you could just do it with the base fist. You wouldn't need the other two uh, components to that fist. No, definitely. So, I mean, I, I'm gushing about this game. I, I really, really enjoyed my time with it. I thought the Platinum was fantastic. Uh, just a, a great experience start to finish. Took me about uh, 25 hours, all things told, for to get 100% completion and to do every single thing in the game. How are you finding it, Phil? I'm definitely loving the game. Uh, and that's why I've been going back and, and wanting to complete this game. Um, but part of conquering the end boss... I've gone back and started to collect the posters to power up all the weapons, to go back and try and do all the training. Um, I've got a couple of grumbles from when I've been going back and trying to do these things. Okay. That's squid, and that's not giving too much away because there's definitely an underwater part in this game. Yeah. That is hell of an annoying thing, right? You can't dash past it. You literally have to take every section really slowly if you need to go back and collect any, you know, of, of, of the missing objects throughout the, throughout the levels. I wonder if you're missing an upgrade. No, I've got that. The, the dash, the underwater dash, yeah? Yeah. And if you try and dash past that squid, he'll just speed up and still shoot you. You have to take the uh, the protection. I've tried it so many times and died going back and, and, and trying 100% each of the underwater levels. Oh, I think the thing with me, I did that area like last and I'd 100%ed all the areas as I was going through them other than the little tiny sections which I was missing. And so I got to that part with so much health right. that I could just tank him. Yeah, I could just tank him. But I could see, see why that would be annoying, because he does slow you down, doesn't he? But I, I just took the hits. He does. I think those are the most frustrating parts of this game so far, is the underwater parts, really. I quite liked all the maze parts. I don't know if that's giving too much away. Um, they, they were quite interesting. But when it comes to the squid, the squid is just so annoying. Hated that guy. Hate that guy. With a passion. And like you, he never gets his comeuppance. Like you never get to kill him. No, he doesn't. No. That, that, that's a damn shame, that is. It really is. I wanted to fist that squid. <laughs> you wanted to see it gush some ink. Of course, mate. Thanks for laughing, boys. I appreciate it. Um, another thing is the perspective when you're flying um, on the fans. You know, there's a section where you have to uh, traverse a bunch of electric fans. Yep. And the perspective changes. Yep. I always get hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's impossible to do that without getting hit. It's so hard to judge depth within that game. Definitely. They, they didn't get that part right for me. Wait, have I done that part? I don't think so. I, d I don't think so, where you are. No. not No, you haven't. No, it's, it's the next section on for you from where you left the game. Because you haven't played any more of it, Spence, have you? No, but there were fans during the last area you had to fly up for to launch you upwards. Oh, maybe you did then. Are they electric? I think so. Well, then, you, then you've done it, yeah. But you, you go past them multiple times anyway because there's something at the top which you need as well. Yeah. So Which I missed anyway that I had to go back to. Yeah, you're totally right. There's the, Fortunately, that's only in like a couple of sections of the game, so it's not so bad. If it was like a regular occurrence, it would be really annoying. But it's more like when you're going back to 100% that area and then you, you have to go through that zone again, you think, oh, Jesus Christ. You just tank the hits, try and do as good as you can, but it's, it's very difficult. Yeah, you're totally right with those. 
But is that is that all the the negatives you've got for this game, or is there is there a laundry list that we're going to get into? I've got two more. Okay, go on then, hit me. And maybe these are me specific, right? Okay. But I want to know if if you've come across these as well. The delayed heals. I'm not about that. When you flick up and you wanna you wanna drink that carrot juice, it's not instant, right? So you've got to position yourself within boss fights far enough away that you can take the drink, right? And that timing is so annoying. Oh my god, you can tell you never played a Souls game. That's literally what I was about to say. You clearly it's so blatantly obvious. You played Bloodborne, you know it's the same thing. It's partly why I'm bringing it up, yeah. That's why I've got a big smile on my face. Because I hate that. I, that annoys me. Annoys me. Why isn't it an instant heal? Imagine we're on Bloodborne, right? You take your little, you take your little vial, and you can heal quite like a multiple times in one go, and it's quite actually quite quick on Bloodborne. On Dark Souls One, you drink your Estus, and he's he's putting it back. He takes ages, so there's no way, there's like no way you could just do it in a boss fight, you know, unless you proper make space and allow yourself for it. And it just reminds me of that. Uh, so as soon as I as soon as I learned that there's that startup time on it, I never encountered that as an issue again. My next grumble. Did you ever complete any of the training on Street Fighter? Yeah, a couple, not many. Okay, you probably took to this a lot better than me because I didn't really spend a lot of time doing those um, missions or trophies uh, within the Street Fighter games, right? So it's the Master Wu um, training. I thought you'd struggle on this, not going to lie. Oh my god. Right, I've got to the intermediate training. I've done all the, the weapons, right? It's just the intermediate and upwards, right? So I've got to the second part of the intermediate training. And there's a bit where you hit them up, you jump, you punch twice, and then you switch to the drill, and then you hit them twice. I know the bit, yeah. Okay? So I get to the part where I've hit them twice in the air, and on your second punch, he does two punches, which punches them away. Do you know why? It's, oh, why? What am I doing wrong? Help me. Maybe this is just turning into a help, help fill section on the, on the show. Can I guess? Because I've not done this. Yeah, please, t- please take a guess, Spencer. Does the action of swapping weapon cancel the second punch? No, it's nothing as complicated as that. Damn. Listener, we played Mortal Kombat with Phil a while ago for the first time. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> and this might not come out very well in the edit, but I'll try my best. A normal time, you press your press button fighting game is very specific, right? So, for example, if you're pressing the three button combo, it would be... Phil would be... Everything's getting mashed. There's so much mash that it's unbelievable. So I think the issue, Phil, is that instead of pressing like square up, square X up, square square, you're pressing square up, X square, 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 square. I'm fine with that part. It's the double punch when you're coming down before you switch to the drill and then you do two. Because you're hitting an extra input. If, If I don't do the second punch... I could do the full combo, but it's that second punch because he punches twice and pushes the, the dummy away from you. I mean, I, I've replayed Mortal Kombat with you. <laughs> I think you're hitting him more than twice. I'm not. I'm pressing it twice. I'll give you a warning though. When you go to onto advanced, I need to learn a new technique I hadn't ever learned before. You've got to, normally when I would do my makeshift combos, I would scroll through the weapons in order, right? So start with the fist, move on to the drill, move on to the whip, right? And then do that in rotation the back button switch switch that rotation yeah yeah i just didn't realize that for the longest time so i was having to like triple input l1 to change and stuff so i was making it way harder for me and it wasn't until i was like there has to be a way for this to be easier but that could be on the intermediate i can't remember now so you were mashing the button i was it's not a mash if you're doing it on purpose to move to that whereas if you're pressing it a hundred times just for one square input that's called a mash 
So I think that's a you problem, Phil. In, in two weeks' time, my name is Mayo. That's my next platinum. Let's go. <laughs> you'd be great at that mate you would be really good you have to just put up some makeshift combos on screen and you'll be doing really well so that's all my grumbles uh, for fist but i have got some hashtag bug hunter alerts here so these ones are for you spence let's go the dash as i'm saying you can dash through enemies there's one enemy you can't dash through and it's one part of the enemy it's the pig's head oh yeah you can't dash through it oh what happens it just his body you can dash through if you try and dash through his head, you bug and you stand on top of his head until he attacks you. And that attack, he basically grabs you and chucks you into the spikes. Whoa, how weird is that? It happened multiple times. I think it took about five or six times to actually work out the mechanics within that boss to be able to do it. But yeah, I multiple times I got stuck just above his head and he would just hang. And you could tell it was a bug because the model would just stay there in a really weird position and you couldn't move out of it. So there's my Bug Hunter addition for the episode. That's mad. I appreciate you taking a load off my back, mate. Yeah, Spence is the one to really bring this home with his, uh, with his bugs. And I suppose, Phil, that probably brings us on then to the last game that you've been playing, which I'm sure that you're going to want to talk about a little bit. No, I thought we just missed this one out. What am I joking? It's Death Stranding, guys. Come on. Let's go. Yeah, turned up. Uh, a couple of hours back, uh, tweeted straight out, obviously, to let my fans know. Got that all installed, and I'm happy to announce that process was very, very simple. Oh, yeah, I wanted to know about this. So how did it work? So what happened? Uh, loaded up on the PS5, and I thought, everything's just going to work, isn't it? Put my disc in, and it said, transfer from PS4 to PS5. Press the button, it went, okay, you haven't uploaded it to the server. So I thought, okay, fair enough. This is on an American account without PS Plus. So I thought, fair enough, I'll go upstairs to my PS4 because my PS4 is in my office. Turned on, updated Death Stranding. Took about half an hour because I haven't played it, obviously, for six to eight months, I think, since I played Death Stranding last on my PS4. Updated it. Once you log into the game, um, it's pretty easy. Uh, you make sure you've got no open orders. You stand by a delivery terminal. You open up the system menu within the game, and then you select to export that data. That, that data then goes from the PS4 up to the cloud, and then on the PS5, you press a button and you're straight in in exactly the same place. Isn't it weird, right, that someone's perception on something makes it positive or not? Because that's exactly the same experience, really, as my Spider-Man one. But it was like a negative experience for me because I found it a pain in the ass having to do that. So um, it, it seems like the, very, the same thing as Spider-Man then. Because that's what I had to do on Spider-Man PS4 was install the game again because I didn't have it installed, load it up, upload my save to the cloud put it onto PS5, and then download that save. I think I've got such a positive feeling about this is because when when I went to my PS5 downstairs and I was like, oh, it must need to be uploaded, right? And I was thinking save files, they're going to be needing PS Plus. And I was like, I'm not going to have to buy PS Plus on my American account now because I hate PS Plus, right? To be able to transfer this file, I thought the boys are going to rinse me if I have to buy PS Plus for the American account. I really don't want to do this. And then obviously I did a bit of reading and it was simple enough just to upload it on your PS4. So yes, it was the same experience, but it's definitely positive because I didn't have to spend any money on PS Plus. No, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, well, it, it seems to be on brand then that Sony just haven't really sorted out a proper solution yet for this save transfer. Um, but I suppose that's something we'll have to keep an eye on when we get to like go to Tsushima director's cut whoever gets onto that next if I ever get to that and whatever next is coming for us I suppose because yeah it seems like exactly the same thing but okay so how's the game itself then Phil to be honest 
I haven't been able to play a lot and I'm going to save a lot of what I'm going to uh, what I've experienced so far for the next episode so I can give you a full holistic kind of view on Death Stranding Director's Cut um, but what I can tell you the game looks absolutely beautiful I've prioritized quality over performance and that game is stunning yeah I would have done the same thing does it still keep it at 30 I believe so yeah yeah but just at just at increased uh, in- increased um resolution oh I'd definitely do it like that that game is an absolute beauty to behold on ps4 i cannot wait to see what, what it looks like on ps5 so we'll leave that there on death stranding i'll update you guys in two weeks with my full review spencer should we move on to you what have you been playing over the last two weeks sure mate so i've been playing a good bit i'm playing the cod beta but i don't think i'll talk about that for now um because i've talked about it in the past there are two games i have that i really do want to talk about and they're both games i recently purchased and one of them came out literally the other day the first one I'll talk about is Hades. Hades is fucking sick, which I imagined it would be because it was Game of the Year nominee. But you play as Zagreus, who is Hades' son, and you're trying to escape the underworld. And that's the whole game. For someone who, who who's never played Hades, um, only really seen stuff on Twitter uh, based around people speedrunning the game. Uh, one of the League of Legends presenters, he's like um, broken world records for this game, speedrunning through through Hades. Um, what what style of game is it, Spence? Do you want to just um, give us kind of like a base kind of like feeling of the game for people who've never heard of it or never played it? Well, it's a game. It's a game genre you know very very well, mate. Action adventure. It's a roguelike, mate. <laughs> Why aren't I playing it? It's not like any roguelike you've ever played. It actually is a roguelike. <laughs> yeah, it is. But basically the gist of the game, Hades hid your existence. And the gods, all the Greek gods, find out you exist. Find out you're trying to escape to join them. So they aid you on your quest. So as you're progressing, you pick a weapon. There's several different weapons to choose from. There's a sword, a spear, a shield, a gun. The gun's busted as well, by the way. The first time I beat the game was with the gun. That famous Greek gun. Yeah, mate. It is. And um, and, and it's a grenade launcher as well. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's sick. It's sick. Why hasn't Kratos got a grenade launcher? Come on. He's Greek, isn't he? Don't know, mate. Not anymore. And there's like a set of fists you can use. I like fists. Fists, mate. Yeah, everyone does. Just the one, just the one. But yeah, the gods find out you're trying to escape, so they aid you. So as you're progressing, as soon as you start your escape, a boon drops. And a boon is basically a gift from the gods, which will enhance one of your abilities or your weapon or your cast. And a cast is like, it changes depending on which god gave you the cast. You have options every time. Every time you finish a room, you clear a room, different doors open, and those doors will tell you if there's a boss on the other side, and they'll give you symbols. So the one door could have Poseidon symbol, the other one could have Aphrodite or Dionysus or anything, and that kind of guides you. You want you want to make your builds dependent on your weapon, so you pick the gods that suit your build. So are there quicker way th- ways through the level based on your choices? Is that the way it works? I don't think there are quicker ways. There are safer ways, because there's a shop room you can enter, there's a fountain which you can use to heal, and that obviously, that that's a room. So you'd skip a fight room to use that room so it's not quicker but it's safer and obviously with a roguelite all these rooms are procedurally generated so you don't know what you're going into do you yeah yeah it changes every single time that's awesome so the question i've got for you obviously i bought i bought hades i pre-ordered it on playstation store i bought it digitally 
on the day it went live and i just haven't played it i just haven't had the time i've just been too yeah too involved with people playing shitty games for review on youtube shitty resident evil games or i've been playing fist and i've been playing other things right so i just haven't got around to it yet it's definitely on my i'm definitely gonna have played it by the end of the year without doubt but i got a few things on my backlog to tick off first before i get to it the drama last year was obviously game of the year contender it was thrown around quite a lot as you mentioned and obviously the last of us 2 ended up pipping that post what are you thinking is it on that level is it last of us 2 level or not the thing is it's hard to compare because they're such different games they are vastly different in literally every sense other than you're killing stuff. That's the only similarity, but it might be. <laughs> really? Wow. That good, huh? It is. It's fantastic. It is a really good game. I wanted to play more Fist, <laughs> but I made the mistake of starting Hades. And as soon as I did that, I didn't put it down. It's got me reading my Greek mythology books. Wow. Because it's that fun. I want to learn more about the characters that are aiding me in my quest in Hades. Wow, that's that's really interesting. I mean, I'm definitely excited to play this game. I cannot wait for it. I cannot wait to find time to get to it. I mean, for me, the problem blockers that I've got in my way is Deathloop, which I'll be talking about very, very soon on the podcast. And there's Life is Strange True Colors I want to get to. And then we're going to be getting into COD season. So things are going to be tight for towards the end of the year, but I am going to get it done by the end of the year. I definitely am, because I'm sure that we're going to want to talk about it when we get to our end of the year discussions which is probably going to be around about november around the time the ps5 launch that's when we did it last year so we're probably going to do it the same again so we can really encompass all the ps5 games that have come out over the last 12 month rolling but yeah that sounds really positive spence fair dues that's that's really encouraging how far are you through the game spence are you, are you at a point where you could give it a rating obviously once you do escape the underworld the game doesn't end because it's a roguelike you do it again the story keeps going the story's long. I don't know how many times you have to escape, but it makes sense as well in having to escape multiple times. There is a way that it works out. I've only escaped once so far. It's that final boss, man. That final boss gets me every fucking time. But I think I could give it a rating. Oh, the issue is it's so fucking good. There's no problem with you giving it a 10. You know, we, we can give an official NPS we trust 10 out of 10 for a game. Yeah, I think that would then be the first 10 out of 10 we've given on this podcast so far. It's not. Is it not for games we played in this section? I've given one. Have you? What was that? Yeah, it uh, it takes two. A 10 out of 10? Yeah, mate, it was phenomenal. You loved it as well. You just never played it with me again. <sighs> ten ten. Okay, all right. Um, Go on then, mate. What are you going to rate it? It's hard. <laughs> it's really fucking hard. Um, He wants to give it a 10. I really do. Okay. I do have an issue with it, so I don't think I can give it a 10. Is it bugs? It's no bugs. I've not had any bugs. Wow. Oh, no bugs for Spencer. Oh my god. That deserves a 10 if there's no bugs. Because you are the bug hunter. It's a strong 9, I'll say. Wow. So what's your issue? My issue is there's not really, with some of the weapons anyway, the one weapon, I unlocked it and I tried using it, the Chaos Shield. There's no combos or attacks or anything. You hit square, which is obviously your normal. Triangle's your special and circle's your cast and X to dash. And usually you like, your triangles are usually arranged or like a big move. Um, and it's arranged with the shield. You throw it like Captain America and it comes back to you. But your square, you swing it like horizontally and that's it. You keep mashing square and you just keep repeatedly swinging it horizontally. There's no different moves. It's not like a parry or anything? 
No, nothing like that. You just kind of just keep swinging it. And it's kind of the same for the other weapons, but like for the spear, it makes sense. Because what else you can do with a spear? You jab it. That's it. Whereas you don't like push with the shield or anything. Uppercut, any of that. Just feels a bit lazy, does it? Nothing wrong with mashing, mate. It's not the issue. The mashing isn't the issue. The issue is the animation whilst you're mashing. Quite a minor issue then, really, all things considered. If it's just an animation in the game, then obviously you're, you're really... You're really hyped on this. You're super hyped on this. I fucking, I love this game. I, I want the Platinum it, and I know it's it's a journey, the Platinum it. It's a long Platinum, but I'm going to do it. I do not want to put this game down. Fair dues. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. So what else have you been playing? The other game I have had bugs on, and it's, we've been saying it wrong this whole time, by the way. It's Kena, Bridge of Spirits. Well, it's not Kenna. It's not Kenna. It's Kena. How did you find that out? Because the character calls her Kina in the game. <laughs> it's like it's it's like for, for ages we were saying Lady Dimitrescu and it's Lady Dimitrescu. You know, we we just sometimes we just we just mess up like that. Yeah. So Kina, Bridge of Spirits, you play as a spirit guide, and you have rots, which are these little little black animal things. And I don't know what they are. They're called rots. You can put hats on them and stuff, and they're really cute. And every time you save one, they like look around a second and then smile at you. And you're just like, oh my God. Because the quality of the game, it looks like a Pixar movie. They look like soot sprites, don't they? They do. That's an anime reference for people that don't know. That's uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Yeah. For, for you nerds out there. Fucking nerds. Yeah, they look like those, don't they? But they look super cute. Mate, they are adorable. And this game is stunning. It is Pixar quality. Now, this game was your most anticipated game of the entire year, wasn't it? Your number one. It was. It's funny, though, because your your number one debut, I think, was Fist. Yours was Kena, and mine was Death Stranding. So we're all at that stage now of playing our most anticipated games. We kind of settled on this list after Resident Evil Village had come out. So that, let's just make that clear. Come on. I mean, Resident Evil Village was our number one by an absolute fucking landslide. I mean, Christ, we don't have a, a Kena Bridge of Spirits fucking button, do we? I, I can create one. I'm doing the edit this week. I think because Kena was originally supposed to come out in March... I think, you, Davey, you said your most tipsy game was Village. And so I didn't want to say Village. So that's why I said Kena. Uh, but it was second anyway. Game's good. It's, it's really good. Not as good as I wanted it to be. It looks stunning. The animations are okay. Movement's okay. The combat, nowhere near what I wanted. How many hours are you into the game now, Spence? Do you think there is an opportunity for this to get better over time? You know, the late game, for example? Because I know in Fist, pretty much the abilities didn't really start opening up until you were a couple of hours into the game. So where are you at with Kina? Yeah, I think three hours, which is roughly the halfway point. Wow, it's a short game then. It's a short game, yeah. Damn. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted it to be. I didn't want it to be any more than like an eight-hour experience. So I'll be glad if it's like six hours. That sounds beautiful. Probably like a 10-hour platinum. Probably all things considered, doing everything. You have to beat the game twice. All right, okay. That's fine. And you have to beat the game, then get all the collectibles, then beat the game again on the hardest difficulty. All right, that's fine. That's that's great, great. And what price point are we coming in at with Kina? 30 quid. I mean, it's it's had really stellar reviews, hasn't it? It's 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 gone down really, really. It's been it's been really, really well received. I think it's sitting on like an eighty-five on Metacritic right now. 
Um, people are really, really high on this game. So are you kind of feeling that that's been a bit overblowed from your experience? I think it's all bullshit, mate. I think it's insane. I do not think it's an 85 at all. I wanted it to be an 85, but Returnal got an 85. Yeah, Returnal should have been way higher than that. Returnal should have got higher than that, and Kino should get lower than that. This game looks stunning. It really does. But it's dry. It's just a dry game. It's not incredibly fun to play. And that might just be me. And also, I literally ha- I thought about this already. I might be thinking the combat's a bit dull. I'm literally coming off of Hades to play Kina. So that might be influencing my, my opinion quite a lot. If you think of Hades, probably is more like a hardcore game. You've said it's a roguelite. So it's it's that kind of intense kind of situation with a lot of combos. Uh, and then going to a game like Kina, which you, how would you describe that? That's more like a casual game, would you say? Yeah, it's a lot more casual. You only have... It's weird. It's a weird combat system. You have your light attack, which is R1, your heavy attack, which is R2, and then the rots can help you out. So you attack enemies and they give you kind of like rot energy orbs or something, and you build up the rot energy, and it's called a rot action. Um, And as soon as you've got a rot action, the ones I've unlocked is I have a rot hammer. So if I fully charge my heavy attack, I can press square, and then the rot kind of attached to my hammer, and it does a huge slam. Um, and then I also have the bow, and the bow's bow's good, but it's five uses, then you have to wait for it to charge. And I've seen people playing this game on Twitter and stuff, and yo, people fucking suck. The bow, you charge it to use it, like you pull the string back, and the longer you charge it, the stronger it is. No one full charges. It takes like a fraction of a second longer, and no one does it. It's insane. I think what's going to be interesting is in two weeks time, obviously, you probably have played the game another three hours just to see if that kind of opinion um, sort of changes and gets better, potentially with the end game being a bit more intense. But we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Yeah, definitely. The story is really good. I'm enjoying the story a lot. The game is stunning. Absolutely beautiful. It does look Pixar. Can I just say, I find it weird that they're called rots. I mean, the only rots that I knew was a couple of skanky girls on a night out in Newport. And the last thing you want to do is get some rot on you, you know? That's the last thing you want to do. You go out, you maybe pick up some girl, get yourself tested next day. Last thing you want to do is bring home some rot. It's not the rot, mate. It's the rot juice. <laughs> it's the rot. Last thing you want to be doing is just be coated in rot juice. I mean, take it from me, listeners. If you find yourself out at night, go home with some girl, and next thing you know, she's telling her kids to shut up so you can so you can bang her. Get out of there fast, all right? Get out of there fast and just learn from my mistake. Last thing you want to do is end up with an STI. Isn't that right, Phil? And you still got to pay for a curry, mate. <laughs> you remembered. You remembered the story. Jesus Christ. Bad night. Bad night. So that's everything for you, Spence. Let's move this quickly on. Yeah, mate. So that is it for me. I've only really been playing those two games. But how about you? What have you been playing? Well, I mean, as I said, I've been playing some Resident Evil games for review and they haven't been going very well. So I played Resident Evil Gaiden. Uh, You can see my full review on YouTube. I absolutely hated it. And it was a dire experience. It was absolutely terrible. But that ended up, getting that video out took up most of this week. So really, I haven't been playing games this entire week. But last week, I played quite a few. So the first thing was, I did what I said in the last podcast. Deathloop came on the Saturday, the day after recording, came three days earlier. So I got to give a shout out first off to Gamebase. Really, really impressed to get that game three days before general release. That's fantastic service. So that has given me an extra light of hope that I don't have to go down this all digital future. 
The problem was, I was so far up Fist's ass that I didn't get chance to play Deathloop at all. I only played the first hour of it. I'm in exactly the same position as you, mate. Um, I ordered Deathloop from Amazon, came on the day, uh, didn't come as early as yours, I do admit, because we were talking on Messenger, so it was slightly later on in the day. Um, but I only played the first hour, and that's why I didn't even bring it up in my section. Hopefully I'll play. I, I'm definitely not going to if I've got Death Stranding, um, but I will be playing it again in the future. <laughs> no, you're definitely not. Yeah, by next episode, guys, I should have a full, a full breakdown of Deathloop to go through. But this episode, I don't. So I played Fist, absolutely adored it, got the Platinum. And then the COD beta was running. And guys, call me Mr. Burns. Because I'm unleashing those hounds every single fucking game. I'm sick at Call of Duty. But I, honestly, I, something has clicked in me. And I'm now sick at Call of Duty. I know I mentioned it in the last three episodes in a row. This is the last time for a long time because it's not out after this. I fucking love this game. I love Vanguard. I absolutely adore it. I created this loadout for my gun, the STG, that was just cracked. And uh, yeah, turns out I'm just a god on Call of Duty. So I just, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I don't know why there's so much pushback on this game on Twitter. I think the PS4 version... It, that could be the issue but the ps5 vision really really happy with it cannot wait for the full release have you climbed up to the top of mount krakatoa yet davy i'm living on krakatoa mate you've put your flag in the davis flag literally call me humpty dumpty right because all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put me back together again mate stole my thing we worked on it together we worked on it together i said it and then you said call me humpty dumpty i'm fuming it's a good one though isn't it it's a brilliant one yeah congratulations boys honestly mate it's it's a fantastic game i'm really gutted i didn't see you on the beta phil because me and spencer were playing it quite a lot i'm really surprised they didn't see you come in there mate with your mash skills i didn't get the invite i've just been sat at home twiddling my fingers not doing anything thinking oh what, what are my friends doing did you download the game i had it already mate no, I'll tell the truth. I was just playing Bloodborne, wasn't I? You know, hardcore and, you know, really getting through all those bosses. That's what I was up to. So, guys, I got one last game to mention. I obviously can't talk about COD all day and not every single episode. So, Spence, you and me have been playing a game. Surprise, surprise, Phil wasn't invited to it. It's called We Were Here. Now, you're the one who actually got me onto this game. So, even though this is in my section, do you want to tell us about it? absolutely mate i fucking love this game i've played the first second and third game i've played them all the way through and i had to tell you about it and get you in on it because i knew you'd love this game we were here is basically a co-op puzzle game and all the puzzles are just resident evil puzzles that's all they are but they're co-op so it's, sim it's kind of a cross between resident evil puzzles and operation tango where one person has the information, the other person solving the puzzle, and you have to like cross-reference everything each other know, each other knows, in order to solve the puzzle. And the first game, which is the one we've just played, and we've finished one side of it, because one of you is the librarian, which is one of the information, one of you is the explorer, which is the one solving the puzzles. You were the explorer, and I was the librarian. And I tell you what, you're you're totally bang on. This game's awesome. This game. It feels like it feels like a really low budget version of Operation Tango. I'm not gonna lie, that's what it feels like. 
what kind of genre is it boys uh you you liken it to sort of like resident evil is it going down the horror routes or is it taking a slightly different uh, approach here i'd say no I, i'd say it's just it's just it's just a puzzle it's just a puzzle game really it's just a puzzle game but with um slightly horror elements but n- nothing too overt yeah it's th- there is a horror horror element to it and it ties in with the whole story because the story is you're trapped in like a snowstorm and you find the castle to hide into and you go in there and it's kind of a haunted castle or it's a castle with a curse upon it and there's this marionette that's chasing you the whole time and you only see it at one section of the game everything about that explanation sounds like a horror game yeah but it's it's not really scary though that's the thing it's not scary but i've played all the games and that story this game there's not much of it all you do is see the marionette once Whereas the second game has books around the world during the puzzles you can read. So information to fill you in on the lore. And then the third game actually has cutscenes whilst you're playing the game. Oh, wow. So their budget obviously got a lot deeper the more they went into this series. A lot deeper. A lot, lot deeper. The third game is like a whole different game. It's amazing. Wow. Now, listener, I picked this game up for an absolute bargain. I picked it up for like less than £10. And there's a platinum for each one. So it means that on the next play session, I'll definitely have a platinum from it because it's a really, really easy platinum. It's basically just play it through twice on just perfect runs. Really, really easy to do when you know what you're doing and what the puzzle solutions are. But it's just really fun, isn't it? I mean, I just really enjoy these new co-op experiences that seem to have come in over the last few years. These like different ways to be able to play with somebody else but not play in a, in a typical multiplayer format play where you've got different roles and you've got different objectives to do but you're all kind of helping each other and i mean if we can find more games like operation tango and like and like this now we've got the trilogy to go through i i'd really be up for seeing them so listener if you know of any other games that are like this please reach out to us on the email psvtrust.gmail.com because i love these kind of experiences and i i've loved this game so far it's been so much fun thank you for showing me it honestly thank you it's been it's been a joy. Mate, you're welcome. My only regret is having played them before playing them with you now. Because I know how all the puzzles work. Which is a shame. Other than the third game, because I only played the one role in the third game. So the third game will kind of be a brand new experience to me. Because you'll do the role that I did last time. But it's perfect games. Perfect games. They're sick. They're not perfect games, obviously. It's 30 FPS, for God's sake. But great games. So guys, that's about it for me. There's nothing else I want to talk about this episode. So listener, I want to cue you in on an idea that we've had for the podcast that I think is going to rock this podcast to the core. There's been loads of games over PlayStation's history. Not all of them get the same shine as the newer games. Unfortunately, when it comes to new releases, it's the best way to get content out there to talk about that newest game, that hot thing off the press to talk about and do a spoiler cast. But the older games, we haven't all played. And it's always time to go back and appreciate things from the past. So what we're going to do, listener, is we're going to give you the opportunity to vote on which game we cover for a spoiler cast. Now, we've each come prepared with a game which we're going to give you the opportunity to vote on. It will be included as a straw poll in the podcast description. So please vote on there for whichever game you want us to cover in depth in a spoiler cast which will go up as a an extra sweetener of an episode the following month now this poll is going to last for four weeks from today the date of recording 
which is on a Friday the 24th. So four weeks from now, which means the poll is going to end on Friday the 22nd of October. Now, guys, what games has our audience got to choose from? Phil, why don't you start us off? Okay, Davey, I've been down to CEX and I've bought this game already because I know it's going to win. It's a game that you love. It's a game that you've been pressuring me for years to play and I haven't picked it up. Considering you've made me play classics such as The Last of Us, God of War, this is the next one on that list. It is Heavy Rain. Oh my God. Oh shit. I am ready to play Heavy Rain on the PS3. That is my choice. Oh, what a great choice. Do you know, I put all my PS3 games down in the basement other than two. One of them was Heavy Rain. I kept that up upstairs. I fucking love that game. I got the platinum on the game. I adore it. Oh, shit. I want to vote for that myself. I've, I've never played it, so I think this is a perfect opportunity to go back and visit that classic. Wow. Spencer, what about you? What are you bringing to the table? I mean... Yeah, I've never played Heavy Rain either. I, I kind of just want to play Heavy Rain now. I know it's phenomenal. Oh my god. My game, what I think we should all play, and it's a game, Davey, you've been needing to play anyway, Devil May Cry 1. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, fair dues. I've, I've had, I bought the collection a little while back and I haven't actually got around to it yet. I haven't played Devil May Cry 1 since it originally came out. So I wouldn't mind a look back at that. Yep, I have it. Uh, PS2. I believe it came out on. Yep, have, I have it ready to go. So I'm going to have to dig out my uh, American PS2 to be able to play that because part of what I'm going to be doing is trying to play these uh, games on the original hardware. So if we do at any stage have a PS1 game, I'm going to try and find a CRT, dig out my PS1 and, and, and play it on the original hardware. So that's part of my challenge, really. Well, fuck that because I'm either, I'm either romming it, playing it on my PlayStation Classic, or I'm just playing it on the ps3 or ps4 ps5 you know i'm not doing it i'm not doing any of that busy work no chance i'm gonna stay true but anyway davy i've gone heavy rain your boy spencer he's gone devil may cry another game i'd love to go back and visit i've played that game davy what's your pick <laughs> kept you waiting huh we're going back to Metal Gear Solid, boys. We're going back to the best game of all time, my favourite game of all time. I haven't played it in over 20 years. I would love to revisit this game and talk it through with you, especially as Spencer, you've never played this game before. I never have, no. I'd, I'd really genuinely love to play it, to be fair. I'd love to play any of the games we've said. I'd love to play any of these. Well, listeners, it's up to you. The straw poll is going to run for four weeks from today, the day of recording. So please go on to the description of the podcast, vote for what you want to hear, a full in-depth spoiler cast. And we got a name for this segment, Phil, don't we? We do. We were uh, hashing this out earlier. We've come up with the spoiler cast from the past. So it's going to be an extra supplemental episode, which will go live every single month with as soon as that poll ends... We'll have a month to complete the game that's been chosen and get that spoiler cast out, that spoiler cast from the past. And a new poll will then replace it for the next month. So listeners, it gives you a good chance to get some questions in for it as soon as we announce whatever that game is going to be. 
but it's totally driven by you and your interactions. So I cannot wait to see what you pick for us. Now let's move it on to quick news. Quick news. Quick news. Following on from every single fucking game making its way to the big screen, we now know Anthony Mackie has been cast as John Doe in the Twisted Metal TV series. Let's go, John Doe. Quick news. Say goodbye to Jump the Knife and Big Dog's Night Out as Little Big Planet 1, 2, and 3 on PlayStation 3 and Little Big Planet Vita have had their online services axed, locking the platinum on all of these titles. Now, one ray of light is that the PS4 services for Little Big Planet 3 are back online after a long hiatus. So if you are desperate to experience these classic levels, you can still do it. Quick news. <laughs> Battlefield 2042 has had a change in its release date. It was initially planned to launch on October 22nd and has since been delayed for release on November 19th. Quick news. The Midnight Black Pulse 3D headset is arriving next month. I know Spencer says it's great value for money, so it might be an option if you don't already own a gaming headset. Quick news. A new PlayStation update has gone live, as we discussed on the last episode, and we talked through the features in quite a lot of depth. These features have now gone live for everybody. So just to run through those super quickly, we've now got an enhanced game base where players can easily view and write messages to friends and parties directly from game base in the control center. We've got PlayStation Now resolution changes to make it easier to set it to a higher resolution. And we've got the ability to get rid of the automatic capture tool. And those are the things that stand out to me, but you've also got SSD improvements. You've got everything which we discussed all last episode. Very excited for that. Great job, PlayStation. Quick news. Kena, Bridge of Spirits, is getting a physical release after initially launching as a digital-only game. The physical release is planned for November. Quick news. Death Stranding Director's Cut, PS5 upgrade is just £5 in the UK. Now that is a hell of a deal if you already own Death Stranding on PS4. Please, I beg you, give this game a chance and go make some deliveries. Dun dun, 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 dun Move, bitch! Get out the way! Get out the way, bitch! Get out the way! Quick news. Fire Sprite are leveling up big time. Job vacancies shed light on what they're potentially doing, and they have been announced on their Twitter page. They've got jobs under code, animation, art, narrative, production, design, and studio and finance. So guys, I think in the next couple of years, we can expect something big coming from Sony's brand new acquisition. New... Skirt.
Quick news. Sackboy A Big Adventure has yet another guest appearance in the form of costumes for your little sack boyfriend. This time the new additions are Ellie and Abby from the hit game The Last of Us 2. I'm not going to go back and use these, but if you're a fan of Sackboy, crack on. And following that piece of news, it's time for us to move into Rumour Has It. Kick it! Wake up with a rumour and you don't want to go. You ask if it's confirmed and they still say no. Rumour has it, boys. Quantic Dream is working on a Star Wars project that will feature traditional action gameplay, possibly in an open world setting with multiplayer elements. Now I need to ask you boys, do you know this studio? Do you know what games they make? And what are your thoughts on them undertaking this project? Davey, you go first. Sure. So Quantic Dream is one of those studios that has a long-standing relationship with PlayStation, which seemed to end after Detroit Become Human back in 2018. Now, I was a massive fan of Quantic Dream. Uh, I got first introduced to them with Heavy Rain. Uh, it was my first introduction to them as a studio, and they kind of cemented themselves as a triple A experience across all the rest of the PlayStation. They were completely unique. They were doing Telltale games before Telltale did them. So they were doing games, Heavy Range, basically like The Walking Dead, but just on a much grander scale with a lot more budget behind it. It's a really, really great kind of pick, choose your own adventure kind of title with permadeath and where your choices have a real consequence. And that kind of continued across the rest of the PS3, PS4 generations with Beyond Two Souls and then with Detroit Become Human, which was another fantastic release from them. Now, this rumor seems very weird. Now, there was a lot of drama back after 2018 with Quantic Dream because what happened is there were some accusations of um, workplace disagreement. We'll put it like that. There was basically, there was cases that came out in French magazines because they were a French studio where there was kind of workplace discrimination and where there was workplace... Um, People were feeling they were kind of being abused in their work. Kind of like the whole Blizzard thing that's been going on recently. It was kind of a similar monologue to that. Now, there's been a libel case uh, which was put against the newspapers that reported this. And they've won one case and they've lost another. So there's, there's kind of been all this drama. And PlayStation seems to like kind of cut ties and move away from them. But the reason why, putting it more back on the topic, the reason why I'm kind of a bit dubious about this, not so much with the Star Wars IP, I think that would be a really good fit for them. I think they could do some really inventive storytelling, some really good narrative in there and uh, and really just kind of push the narrative kind of envelope because they're never going to push the gameplay side of it being looking at their previous bodies of work. And I suppose that's the thing that I don't buy about this rumor is looking at it, looking at what the rumor actually states where it says traditional action gameplay. That isn't what they do. They don't do that. They do a point where you get to a part in the story and you press triangle, square, circle, or X for your option. And that chooses what you do. And then maybe you might move the cursor across the screen and press R2 to shoot someone or not. But that's all you typically do. So this is very out of their wheelhouse if they're going into traditional game design. They have a lot of like quick time events and such in their games as well, don't they? 
Yeah, very much. But that's still just pressing a button or moving a cursor. It's not like it's not like it would be if you're playing like a third person action adventure game. Yeah. And, and and that's the kind of part of it I don't buy. I can buy them being involved with Star Wars. They're a free agent. Well, they've always been a free agent, but they, they don't have those close ties to PlayStation. So they're obviously going to go towards another publisher like an EA or uh, a, an Activision or, you know, Ubisoft, whoever it is, right? They, they, they've got the ability to do that. And I, I imagine that they're going to do that. I just don't buy that part of it. I mean, Phil, have you played any of Quantic Dreams games before? Looking at the list that you've sort of uh, just gone through, unfortunately, I haven't played any of these games. I've missed them out. Fair. I mean, can you see, I suppose the bigger thing about this, can you see a studio like, say, for example, Telltale with The Walking Dead, can you see them moving from what they've done typically into going into a, a wider, more grander kind of style of gameplay? Can you see that happening? Or do you think they're kind of more pigeonholed into what they've always done? To be fair, I don't mind giving them the chance. You just have to look at, you know, developers like Housemark, they've gone from Stardust to Returnal. It's possible. They can jump up and, and switch up things and, and go for a new genre. I'm all up for giving people a, a try. But if this game is bad, they're going to crash and burn. What about yourself, Spence? What are your thoughts on this? I'd have thought for sure you'd have referenced Riot Games rather than, uh, was it Housemark? Because obviously they went from a MOBA to a fps game making a fighting game making a story telltale-esque game my game's kind of doing everything at the minute yeah they're they're a jack of all trades these days but um with with returnal obviously and housemark that moving from stardust to returnal they've gone from quite a popular game to a very popular game with riot league of legends it's the biggest game in the world i don't think team fight tactics or any of the other games that they've made are on that level fair enough in terms of the studio quantic dreams and such I haven't played their games. I know of all of their games because my favorite YouTubers when I was a kid played all of them and I watched all the Let's Plays. I loved it. So I I know the story of most of the games, but I never actually played them for myself and I know the mechanics and the gameplay and such. So I know it's not action-oriented. It's all just button presses at the right time, making choices. So it is weird. It is strange. It's a very strange choice for these developers to make in taking this project but i do just have to agree with phil like why not maybe they want to change maybe they want to start expanding their ability go for it if you're a developer and you've been pigeonholed and that's the only games you make like you've you've got to take that chance at some stage haven't you and i think this probably is their chance i suppose thinking about it actually a bit more logically you just look at you just look at horizon I mean, Guerrilla went from making Killzone into making an open-world RPG. So I suppose the the gloves are off, really. Anyone can make anything they put their mind to if they have the budget and if they have the talent there, and you can just hire that talent in. I mean, you, you know, you look at Fire Sprite. They're, they're a team which are originally ex-Studio Liverpool games, um, and which made, you know, Wipeout as a series, and now they've gone into, it looks like, specking into some kind of multiplayer cinematic experience so you you just don't know what a team can do and you can just hire the right people to get that job done personally i still call this rumor bullshit i don't believe it at all i believe the star wars element to it i'll be amazed if they come out with anything that isn't a narrative experience because david cage the director is a bit of a ponce 
He's one of those guys that literally thinks he's like an auteur, but he's not. He thinks he's Kojima, but he's not. He's the guy that goes out and says, we're making a cinematic masterpiece. We're making all this. And then you see William Dafoe sitting there, who was one of the cast members of Beyond Two Souls. And he looks like he's going to eat his own head. He looks absolutely devastated to be there. And you think, okay, David Cage, you ain't at that level, right? You're good. You've never been the pinnacle of PlayStation ever. Like, no way, even near it. No one would put him in the... No one would put, like, Quantic Dream in the same league as, like, Gorillas or in uh, Santa Monica or Naughty Dog or anything like that. No way near. But he thinks he is. And I can't see him wanting to move away from a more cinematic experience to move into a more gameplay-focused experience. That's my only reason why I'm like, nah, I don't believe this at all. I think a lot of our listeners probably are hearing that name for the first time, Davey. Yeah, they yeah yeah they could be, and I mean maybe that's the maybe that's the reason why, you know, he views himself in his own in his own echo chamber as some kind of god of game design. Where yeah, he puts out great games. They are they are great. I love all of his games that he's done that I played. But you ain't at that level, son. You ain't Kojima. You know, you you're not up there with. He just you're just not there. So I I call bullshit on this, guys. What are your thoughts? Do you reckon it's bullshit or not? I'm open to giving it a chance, as I am with a lot of this. As we've talked about, there's a lot of studios stepping up over the last year. And who knows what's, what's possible on PS5 these days, you know? They might they might have employed a bigger team. So I'm not calling 100% bullshit. I'm just giving it the option to become something. So you're sitting on the fence. You're sitting on the fence. Yeah, it's a nice way of saying I'm sitting on the fence because I don't really know a lot about it. Um, but I'd like to see something perfect, but I don't really like Star Wars games, so I probably won't play it anyway, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah 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 all right spencer how about yourself i myself okay me i actually completely believe it because it's just a strange rumor it's a strange rumor for someone to have just pulled it out their ass i reckon it's kind of, kind of just has to be true and i know there's so much happening with star wars right now star wars visions just came out an anime they could do what they want so you're saying no smoke without fire there's got to be something there. Yeah, I suppose I am. Just reckon. Reckon it's weird. And if it's weird, and it doesn't make a lot of sense, it's probably true. I think that's an MPS we trust first. It might be. Davey thinks one way, I'm straight down the middle, and you're the other way. Let's go. It's, we're all different, so someone's got to be right. We'll pick this up in a future episode. So guys, it would normally be at this point that we'd move it on to topic time. However, we've got listener mail dun 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 who is it from davy you'll never guess who it's from it's from our old number one fan joseph thomas has finally returned to the podcast after about 10 episode hiatus my god welcome back joe so he says hey guys number one fan back again congrats on coming up to the one year of the podcast it's not until you know mid-october but you know thank you joe appreciate that if you're wondering where I've been, well, I've travelled the world. I walked the Great Wall of China, through Colombian fields, searching the oceans for Atlantis, expanded my mind, participating in rituals with lost tribes, and yet the thing I was truly searching for, I could not find. Worse opinions about Resident Evil 4. Oh. 
and PS5 is available to buy. Fucking gold dust. After taking this time off to hold that L, I summon the strength to listen on to these fortnightly podcasts, and then I hear slander of Diablo 2 on the timeline? Disappointed ain't the word, boys. But anyways, I've asked Davey to help me find a PS5, and my question is, having skipped the PS3 and PS4 era of PlayStation completely, what gets the official PS We Trust recommendation for the game I should play first when I get it? Bearing in mind, all the classics on PS4 I've skipped entirely. Anyways, all the best boys, RE4, still the goat. Much love. So listener, just before you're thinking, no, I do not have to push the button because those aren't my words. So I'm not taking a shot for what Joe was on about here. But guys, the point still stands. No matter how bad his opinions are about the game that can't be mentioned, the fourth one, and with not being able to play a PS5 because he hasn't looked hard enough, the question still stands, having missed out on the PS3 and PS4 era of PlayStation, which game is the best for him? So guys, take a minute, have a little think, and we'll be right back. As I pose the question, I don't think it's right that I should start. So Spencer, let's go to you. Mate, easiest question in my life. We all know, everyone who listens to this podcast knows what my favourite game is. Started on the PS3, came to PS4, that's where I played it. The Last of Us. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal work of art. If you haven't played it, fucking play it. Fantastic, exceptional, perfect game. Brilliant choice. Absolutely fantastic choice. Classic choice. For myself, I'm going to go for the Uncharted quadrilogy. I'm going to go for the four Uncharted games. I'm thinking, Joe, if you're getting a PlayStation 5, you can't play PS3 games. So as far as I'm concerned, it means that you can play the original trilogy as part of the HD remaster on PlayStation 4, and then you can play Uncharted 4, which came to PlayStation 4 directly as well. And we know that they're now going to be included as part of a bundle with Uncharted Lost Legacy. So it means you could play the entire lot, other than the PlayStation Vita game, all on your PlayStation 5 and get a fantastic experience, which is, for the most part, incredible. So for your choice, you're going for the whole series of Uncharted. Yeah, you can play the trilogy, which is part of one game, right? That's one game that you can buy, which is all three games in one bundle, right? It would be like buying, it'd be like saying, oh, you can play the Castlevania GBA collection. It's not like, are you going to play Castlevania Bloodlines? It's, you can play all of them. I'd love you to ask me, what game would you recommend to play on the Dreamcast? Because the game I'd recommend is that game, that CD you would get where a hundred games are on it. And I go, you should play that because all the games are on that game. Then I'd probably say, because The Last of Us is taken, I'd probably go for Uncharted 3. Because Uncharted 3 is just an absolutely incredible experience. However, you need to have played the other two before you play three. So, you know. I would, I'd literally... You can't tell someone to play a sequel. If you, if you tell him, play Uncharted 1, he's going to play the next ones then, isn't he? He has to buy the collection. <laughs> yeah, it gets better as well until Uncharted 3, and that's where it peaks, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and, and so I, I think that's probably the best advice. That's, that's a really kind of kind of milk toast opinion that's like just a 
a general, I think anybody would enjoy those games. Whereas otherwise, I'd probably go, be going on to my second favorite game of PlayStation 4 generation, which would be God of War 2018. But I think the Uncharted trilogy, you get three absolutely sensational games, which were on PS3, some of the best games on PlayStation 3. Fantastic. Thoroughly recommend them. What about yourself, Phil? Well, everybody knows my favorite game, so it would be ov- pretty obvious for me to pick Death Stranding to recommend to Joe. Um, but it, for, the, for the followers that you know follow me on Twitter as well, there are three games at the top of my list. So Portal 2, Death Stranding, and of course, the game I cannot mention too. You saw me. I got around that, boys. I'm not going to pick any of those games because I think Death Stranding is a big pill to swallow as your first big PlayStation title. I would recommend to Joe Thomas that he goes with Horizon Zero Dawn. I initially didn't get on with this game, but I progressed. I spent a bit of time, and on Davey's recommendation, I completed the game, and I platinumed it. I absolutely love this game, and I cannot wait for Forbidden West when that comes out, whenever that's going to come out. I can't remember our predictions. Um, So, Joe, you want to set yourself up, get into Zero Dawn, understand the playing field with Aloy, understand what's happening in that in that world, and then you'll set yourself up for Forbidden West when that comes out. That's my recommendation. Fantastic recommendation. Fantastic recommendation. Now, guys, he asked what the definitive game was, so we come out with our recommendations. Whose is the best? It's The Last of Us, isn't it? Yeah, it's The Last of Us. Yeah, so you you got loads of recommendations there. That was the quickest uh, time we've ever had to debate it. No editing needed. It's The Last of Us. Play The Last of Us, Joe. Absolutely sensational game. And then you got The Last of Us 2, Game of the Year winner for last year. Has to be, doesn't it? Fantastic game. So good. Quick one. Does he play The Last of Us or remastered The Last of Us? Remastered. 100%. Easy. Well, let's say this. Let's say this. Joe, Joe's new new to the ecosystem. So he plays The Last of Us remastered. Mate, I'll lend him my copy. He buys it. He's a PC dork. He doesn't get it to suffer free. Plus, with opinions like Ari. Resident Evil. Does that count? Does that count? 100%. You stopped mid-sentence and you were saying it. Oh, come on. It's the first time. Brilliant. Someone has said it. How many episodes have we not said it? This is amazing. So, Spence, we can say it as many times as we like. Resident Evil, Resident Evil, Resident Evil, Resident Evil. I haven't been able to say this in so many episodes because no one has messed up. And I'm so glad. Thanks, Joe Thomas. I absolutely love you, mate. Because you've made Davey take a shot. Let's fucking do it, boys. Chin chin, yeah? Let's go. And it's gone. My belly is like, I can feel the fire of the tequila in there. Anyway, thank you, Joe Thomas, for your uh, listener mail. Of course, if you want to get involved with the show, there's multiple ways that you can contact us. Uh, we have an email address, which is pswetrust at gmail.com. You've got to get rid of the in from our name, so it's just pswetrust at gmail.com. You can write into the Reddit. You can find it in the podcast description. And you can also write in to our Twitter at NPSWetrust or any of our individual Twitter accounts, also in the description below. And with that, boys, it's time... Time for topics. Stop. Topic time. First topic of the day. NVIDIA have had a massive leak, which has revealed so much. 
There is absolutely everything leaked in this. Now take this with a massive pinch of salt, but I've picked out some of the ones that I am hyped about. Helldivers 2, Resident Evil Outbreak, You've just pressed the button once again, mate. Come on, that doesn't count, surely. Why doesn't it? How else am I supposed to say it? The game we can't mention, Outbreak. <sighs> Alright, I'll finish, the, I'll finish the sentence. I'll do the shot in the middle of speaking. <sighs> Resident Evil Outbreak spoke to me. I love Resident Evil Outbreak, so seeing that get remade, super hyped about that. Demon Souls coming to PC, that's big news for PC gamers. And God of War coming to PC. Now, there is so much in this. Now, as I said, listener, take all this with a massive pinch of salt because there's been loads of publishers which have come out and said that this stuff isn't true and that they're not working on it. There was Titanfall 3 revealed in there and the studio have come out, respawned and said, no, we're not doing that. We've got too many plans for other games. So please take this with a massive, a massive bit of disbelief because a lot of this isn't going to happen, but there's going to be some truth in this because the way that it, this works is Anytime a game is loaded onto NVIDIA's servers, be that in pre-production, post-production, finished game, whatever it is, it gets logged there and they've got access to that. So this is where this has all come from. This sounds like it's in the wrong section. This is more like a rumor, but there's a lot to unpack, Davey. But first, I think you need to take that shot, son, because that's the second time you've mentioned the game that cannot be mentioned. And I can mention it now. So get that shot. Can I get a in the chat, please? That's the second tequila shot Davey has taken tonight for mentioning the game we cannot mention. So guys, out of the entire leak list that's went up, anything that stands out to you that you want to happen? And secondly, do you believe this to be true? Because even though it's not in rumour, has it? There is so much behind this. This is a proper data unpack. This isn't a rumor. This is this is pretty much fact for a lot of this stuff. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts on it? What are you excited by? What stands out to you? I want to hear it all. Well, as we know, they're, they're, they're trying to push more and more games from the PlayStation ecosystem into PC. You know, we've just highlighted um, Uncharted when we were talking to Joe Thomas about games that potentially you should be playing on 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 playstation when he, he first picks it up um but looking at that list is very tasty isn't it it's it's all the big titles you know god of war demon souls the game we cannot mention i know you're a big hell dave uh hell divers fan and you've played a lot of those games and they probably lend themselves quite well to pc really well the original hell divers came to pc and playstation it wasn't cross uh cross play or anything like that but they did come to both uh hell divers did and, and it was superb. I mean, I, I love that game. I, I will literally swear down for anyone to buy that game and play it because, please, we need to win this interplanetary race against the cyborgs. And it's only for my chase towards the eventual platinum, which I will eventually get at some point. But Helldivers 2 is a massive deal for me. But there is a lot of games in this entire list. There is so much in there. The one that really sticks out to me is the game we cannot mention, Outbreak. Because as you know, I bought uh, on PS2 the American versions of File 1 and File 2. Absolutely loved those games, but I had to play um, with bots. And that experience, not ideal, because we couldn't go online. We couldn't do those things back in the day. But now if that's coming to PC... Well, guys, I, I kind of want to give you a little bit of a history lesson here. 
Um, this is something that I'll probably end up covering in my review on YouTube when I get to it eventually, but kind of feel it fits more in line with the PlayStation audience where you guys who are listening right now. When Outbreak came out, I was a young pup. I was about 16, 17, living the dream, free, no wife, no children, no responsibility, chilling, you know, living the dream. And my dad took me to this event in London, which was called the PlayStation Experience back in the day. And what it was, it was in some massive venue, I can't remember where it was in London. And it was it was basically just a massive, like the NEC in Birmingham is, but in London. And it was all PlayStation. And all it was was just literally just all the new games that were going to be coming out on PlayStation over the next 12 months were there for you to play as the public. And they had Outbreak there. But Outbreak at the time wasn't announced to be offline single player only. It was still pitched as being an online experience. And so what they had is they had four different setups across the venue where you could go and sit down and play LAN with three other players. And what would happen is when you died, the person who died, who their infection rate went up to 100% because in that game, it's got a little infection meter in the corner. As soon as it hits 100%, that person would then turn into a zombie and then it would turn into their enemy for the rest of the team to kill. So it would be a case of managing everyone's infection level. So it was an extra level to the game which wasn't present in the full retail release. And that game, I didn't play anything other than Snake Eater, which was there, and that. That entire day I was there. I was just on those two setups. It was sensational. So if we got that as a full remake with that ability to be able to play full online for Outbreak, that would be game-changing to me. That is so much more exciting than the fourth entry or any other remake they can do. Even Code Veronica, I much prefer to see Outbreak fully redone and see it in the, the true state that that game is supposed to be in rather than any of these other entries. I mean, Spence, I know you haven't played these games, but Phil, I know you have. Are you kind of in line with me on thinking this or would you prefer to see more of a, a CV remake? Personally, as, as a primarily... Uh, PC driven gamer and a lot's changed in the last couple of weeks as you know I've been playing a lot of uh, PlayStation games to have Outbreak come to PC would be the ideal setting for that so of course I would love that to actually happen much more than a remake of Code Veronica so at the choice between PlayStation or PC you'd prefer to play this on PC rather than PlayStation then 100% yeah that's where it should be right okay Fair enough. I completely disagree with you. I, I think on PlayStation it would work absolutely perfect. Come on. What what has PC had for that franchise? And it's very hard not to mention the franchise bloody name. We've had Umbrella Corps. So basically what you're saying to me, without even meaning to say it, is that all the chances that me and Spence have when we play games co-op, and we admit you from our gameplay sessions, you're literally physically admitting yourself from that before the game's even fully announced so it's just a me and spence experience and you can just go on pc and play it with your virgin mates well this one's four player so you could actually invite me and i will buy it i'll have it on multiple systems should we invite him i was gonna say why does it not just have crossplay? this day and age why not yeah true i suppose yeah it probably will have crossplay. I mean, it makes sense for the series but bringing it back around to what the topic's all about in terms of the games that we're actually interested in in this obviously 
anything to do with the series that cannot be mentioned is going to pique our interest. So Outbreak's obviously going to be a major point of contention for us. Spence, what stands out for you in terms of the entire NVIDIA list? Anything that really catches your eye that you think, yeah, this is something that I really want to happen or something that I can see happening, which is actually probably more the actual question. Uh, before here. I say it, I want to say thank you for not bringing me into that discussion then because I was terrified of being called in and saying the game. So thank you. Uh, for me, there's actually not very many games on this list I'm interested in, other than the one you've mentioned. I suppose looking at it, probably Mirror's Edge Remaster. Because I think that game was great. Really fun. Mechanics were phenomenal. However... That is one game I've played, Spencer, Mirror's Edge. You've talked about it in the past, mate, I remember. It talks about every fucking episode. It's either that or it's a roguelite. That's the two comparisons we get for everything, that is. Either if it's got running, it's Mirror's Edge-like. And if it's got any sort of death involved with it, it's a roguelite. So, I, I mean, that's all we got. But... Yeah, just out of the list, that's the only one that stands out to me. Just because the combat was fine, combat was good, the mechanics were great, running around, jumping over shit, the slow-mo, just all felt great. And I feel like if that game got remade and we could play it, 60 ray tracing, because it was a lot of like on top of buildings, glass reflections, 4K, it'd be it'd be a stunning game. And I would love to play it again. Do you think a lot of these uh, games, because Dave, Davey's listed quite a few, but I know you've played most of these games. So that's probably why you're not so over the top with this announcement, or at least this leak. Yeah, I mean, in the past, I think I'd have said Kingdom Hearts 4 from this list. But after Kingdom Hearts 3, it's definitely not that game. Say you weren't a PlayStation owner and you hadn't played God of War, you hadn't played the Demon Souls uh, games. Now, this would be a much more interesting proposition, wouldn't it? I think, personally, I'm going to chime in here. I think, personally, Demon's Souls is a massive win. I think Demon's Souls is probably... I know I said before it was, it was Returnal. I've looked back a bit over Demon's Souls, and I think I need to recorrect myself on that. Demon's Souls just looks actually incredible. It looks so good. You, you were completely right. If, they, if that gets brought to PC, then that's a real feather out of PlayStation's cap that's gone there. Whereas like God of War, Uncharted, all these games, they're old. You know, you can point to the newest thing and say, well, it's better here. Whereas if Demon's Souls comes there later on next year in 2021, 2022, that's probably the best looking game we got on the system right now. So, you know, that that's a real kicking the teeth for playstation fans but at the same time it's an incredible game so i want more people to experience it because that game the work that they've done there with bringing that playstation 3 game up to modern standards with new animations really doing a better job than what the original studio did themselves into the game into the newer games i mean Elden ring looks nothing like that you know it's it's a real testament so I'm really excited by that for PC players, if that's true. I don't believe it. I don't think that part of it's true. But if it does happen, I'll be more than happy for my PC brethren. Guys, the last question before we end this and move on to the next topic. With these kind of leaks, 
These kind of things seem to happen all the time recently. You get like a beta code out for a game and they've unpacked it all. They've really kind of discovered everything in the game. Now, years ago, we used to get on this DLC, right? We used to get stuff that was like kind of put into the base fabric of the game that then when people would get the disc, they'd kind of export the files off and realize everything that was coming in the future. And that kind of stopped after Street Fighter X Tekken and all the controversy that came as part of that. Now, this NVIDIA leak's really kind of blown the, the doors off what I thought was possible in terms of rediscovering these leaks. Do you think this kind of thing is bad for the industry? Or do you think it's something that is just a, just a run of the course now, that's something that we should just be used to? I think it's an inevitability. I think the people that love gaming, a lot of them like PCs, and a lot of them are more kind of clued up on these kind of security um, setups than the people actually imploring them within the companies um, that we're talking about. So uh, yeah, it's inevitability. It's going to come out. I think if it's in your code, we're going to see it. Yeah. Um, like you said, um, you said, is this something we should get used to? And it's something that I've hated getting used to because I understand it happens I'm not a fan of it, but then at the same time, when a leak does occur, it's really hard not to look. It's really hard not to look. I usually try my best, but then even when you try your best, all you have to do is go on Twitter at the wrong time, and a full game's been leaked. I was streaming Last of Us 1, and Last of Us 2 got leaked for me, got spoiled. It just happens. So I don't like it. I don't think it's great for the industry. It can be because it builds hype that didn't exist prior. But I'm not a fan of it. There is another side to this coin, of course. You know, there are, there are developers that, that are known to, you know, let things slip a little bit so people get the leaks to build that hype, which you're talking about, Spence. So it's not always um, the guy with the anonymous mask hacking away in his darkened room with his wall full of monitors um sometimes it's actually the developers that want you to know about these things earlier do we feel like it is this kind of thing from nvidia probably not no no definitely not it's not like a ubisoft leak where ubisoft always seemed to have an assassin's creed leak in the april it seems to happen like every single year you know what the new assassin's creed game is going to be because it magically leaked every single year i mean i would normally say like cod is in this list but vanguard was one of those most lockdown games I've seen from COD, whereas normally we know what they're doing a year in advance, at least before it's announced. But no, I don't think it is that. I, I don't think this is something that's obviously been intentional. But I kind of want to answer my own question here a little bit, because obviously I've got your guys' thoughts on it. And yeah, I kind of agree with Spence. I, I'm kind of gutted about this. The same way that with the Capcom leaks, we haven't shared that with you guys because we don't want to spoil your hype for it. It takes away from those kind of moments that really shock you at an event. And I think those moments just really stand out. You know, you get those moments like, like Nintendo did at E3, and you just think, Jesus Christ, like, I never thought I'd see Metroid Dread, you know? And, and, and those things that just really resonate with you as a gamer, that you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is finally happening. And it does kind of take away the sting from that, because you're just like, mm, well, this is just now confirmed. But I think following all that, guys, we covered that in quite a bit of an extent. Listener... There's so many games on there that you could potentially be hyped for. We'd love to hear from you. Please write into the email, psutrust.gmail.com. Let us know what you're hyped for. 
and we'll make sure to cover it on the next episode. So boys, for our second topic of the evening, we're actually insanely talking about a new entry in the Wipeout series. Let's go! I was literally about to say, mate, hold on. <laughs> hold on to that hype. Oh, okay. This game isn't what you expect. Okay. I'm sure you're thinking, new racing game, let's go. I love Wipeout. Fantastic. You're not racing in it. What? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're the team manager who um kind of goes over the races. And instead of racing yourself, you're playing about with Wipeout versions of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> Fuck my life. Yeah. So, um, it's also on mobile. <laughs> Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Okay. Fill me in then. That's basically it. Fair. Okay. So you're saying basically that we got a Wipeout game on mobile and it's not even racing yourself it's just cards that is exactly right yes that sounds like a fucking travesty mate it's a fucking goddamn travesty i'm not going to play this game but i'm hoping it could lead to more i don't know about you boys i don't know if you play mobile games let alone mobile card games that are based on racing games so what are your thoughts, Davey, mate? Crack on. Look, I dunk enough on our Xbox and our PC listeners. If you're even here still, because I dunk on you all the time. I mean, you're virgin. It's just the way it is, right? PC virgins or your Xbox chodes, right? It's just the way it is. But mobile is a step down from you guys. So they they are the guys that are just the worst, the scum of the earth, mobile gamers. It, terrible, terrible. I got no respect for it at all. I think as a medium, it's just a race to the bottom. I think there's no value in it. You can't put out a quality game on there because they're all charged at a maximum of like 99p. So all it means is you have to charge through either excessive adverts every five minutes or you have to charge through some subscription method. Just to put it out there, my son's three. He loves playing games on the iPad. And I thought, oh, he watched a couple of shows on YouTube of Omnom from Cut the Rope. And I thought, I'm going to buy him Cut the Rope so we can just play Cut the Rope. And so I downloaded it on my phone, gave him Cut the Rope, having a great time, loving it, absolutely loving it. Then it turns out that there was adverts all the time. So I thought, well, I'll disable these adverts, I'll buy the game. You cannot buy the game. You have to pay a Google subscription for £10 a month to disable the adverts. You can't even buy games on there anymore. You can pay a subscription service to stop adverts on games. This Wipeout is a legacy series. It launched with the PlayStation 1. It does not deserve this kind of treatment to really sully this franchise. It just does not. I'm so against this, you have no idea. I think your opinion, although valid is very much based on one bad experience with mobile gaming. Probably. Yeah, probably. I'll, I'll, I'll freely admit that. I mean, I don't play games on mobile. I'd, I'd much prefer to take my PlayStation Vita out, just play that. I'd much prefer that. I mean, my Switch, as much as a portable console as it says it is, is there for Smash, so it stays at home. The Vita is still my go-to portable gaming option. So no. Mobile, in the bin, 
my one experience, and it's a one and done, no chance, never again, especially not for Wipeout. All right, well, David, mate, that's fair enough. Phil, how about you? Well, for me, as much as I haven't been traveling into the office and, you know, sitting on trains or, you know, flying anywhere in the last couple of years, I am a mobile gamer. I like mobile games. I sit downstairs um, when the missus is uh, watching her shows and I, I play a mobile game or two. I play Raid, Shadow Legends, a bit of Pokemon Go, not that we've been out and about. And then I played the Riot games, Team Fight Tactics, a bit of Legends of Runeterra, and of course Wild Rift. And then I've also dipped into Eve Echoes. And this is probably the reason I ain't on PlayStation all the time, because these games are real games. Davey's talking about Cut the Rope, and that's a mobile game, right? But these, these are fully fledged games on mobile these are video games on mobile that's the difference i think but for what we're talking about with this wipeout game and the card system it just sounds like a cash-in that's all it sounds like to me that's my opinion it's not a game i'm going to be picking up i personally think that although i don't agree with this variation of wipeout I want it. I don't think this. Okay, I I want it to be this. I think of it as a stepping stone, leading to an actual wipeout game. So this is the way for them to make some money on the IP, in the meantime. Because it's it's probably easy easy to make, get it out, make their money through ads or purchasing of the app or microtransactions, buying better cards. God knows what they're gonna do. But I do, I hope it's just a means to an end to get an actual game out on a, on a bit offensive, but on a real system. No, it's not offensive. It's the truth. I mean, if you can't take that truth, then I mean, why are you listening to a PlayStation podcast? I mean, surely you should be listening to a mobile podcast, right? I mean, you could talk about, you know, all your fucking Temple Run 2s or whatever. <clears throat> God knows. This, this is how out of touch I am. Guys. I want you to go onto Google for me for a minute. Find out how much did Wipeout HD sell on PS3 and how much did the Fury expansion that they had, which came bundled as part of PS4, um, the remaster, did that do very well? Because this is the big thing. If, if this game doesn't sell, I can understand why PlayStation is saying, no, we're not going to push this onto PS5. Because this game was a technical marvel when it came out. It looked absolutely incredible. I was only talking about how I was playing it with my Soldier Boy soundtrack uh, a few episodes ago. I love this game. I'm really surprised they haven't pushed this as a premium racing title alongside Gran Turismo. I don't have a fucking clue. Nothing else to do. So that's all I Google. Uh, Wipeout Omega equates to 1,159 Platinum Achievers at a rate of 0.2. And this would mean that the game has sold, at an estimate, 50, uh, 579,500 copies. So Wipeout is one of those series then, judging from those sales figures we just talked about, it's one of those games that's beloved by the PlayStation fan base, but just not overly played. So very much similar to Metroid for Nintendo, where it's one of those series that everyone loves, everyone wants a new entry, but there just isn't the sales there to necessitate that triple a budget put into it guys 
What I want to know, obviously none of us are happy with this, with the way Wipeout's being done and the way it's being done dirty. We can only hope that it's going down to Spencer's line of thinking and it's a way to kind of gauge interest maybe in the franchise and see what people want to do in the future. What I want to ask you guys, which series of PlayStation do you think would actually benefit from being on mobile? I have one that's not really a Sony a Sony one, and it's kind of something that's already been done as well. Go for it. I thought it was a really cool idea. It was when Battlefield 4 first had a beta. Uh, the beta released with an app at the same time. And on that app, you could look at the full map of where you're playing, and it would be updated live, same as in-game. And you could change your loadouts and you kill, not kill streaks, like your loadout and such on the fly on your iPad and it would alter your loadouts in the game. So if you could do that for Battlefield or Call of Duty, I think that'd be really cool. But that's more of a supplemental app rather than it being a full game experience. Do you think there's any games that would actually suit being on a more mobile platform rather than being tied to PlayStation officially? No. (laughs) Okay, Phil, what about yourself? So I don't really know about the whole benefit of being on mobile, but this is a dormant IP that I really want back. And it's a bit of a blast from the past, but I would love to see the next entry of Heavenly Sword. They've done nothing with that IP for so long. Why can't we do a mobile game? That would be hype. What? So you mean like the same way you got, well, I know Phil, you probably haven't, but Spence, you might have. Have you ever played any of the like PlayStation Now games like streamed them, like Tia Vita? Or, or even like streamed a game to your Vita or anything like that and, and seen how that works in terms of like changing the, the button layouts and having them so that your back buttons are on the touch touchpad and things like that, like changing it all around. You can do that onto mobile now, onto your phone. Have you done any of that stuff? I've not done it through PlayStation Now, but when I first played God of War 2018, uh, when I was the day it came out, I was enjoying it so much that i didn't want to come off it but i really needed a poo so i chucked remote access on my phone and played it whilst i was pooing (laughs) (laughs) nice 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 thanks for sharing that um (laughs) well yeah you know that same way that it works like that that's that's how i imagine that heavenly sword would work right would being able to map the buttons onto the onto the um onto the face of your phone and actually have it as a full experience I think that would be a great idea. The games I previously mentioned, you know, Wild Rift is a relatively, well, it's a, it's a massively complex game. And they're able to do with do that with button presses on the screen. So you could do the same thing with uh, Heavenly Sword, surely. I don't see why not. I mean, it's not like Twitch sensitive, is it? It's not like something you need to have, you know, cracked out your head, you know, reactions to be able to do. But you do in Wild Rift. So why wouldn't it work for something like Heavenly Sword, which is a lot more casual? Because it's not competitive, it's just a story game. But actually make a genuinely good story game for mobile. I mean, I'd be all about it. I I don't see why not. I mean, it's one of those old school games. I mean, I'm going to take it even more old school. Check this out. I'm going to take it even more old school and answer my own question. Do you remember a game called Colony Wars? Colony Wars was fantastic. It was basically a space shooter. It's basically you're in like a spacecraft, you're flying around shooting shit. All I want is Colony Wars re-released on PS1 on mobile. I would 
buy that frame one. I would fucking lap that up. I would love it. Whereas PS1 games are not currently on PS now, they're not currently available to purchase on PlayStation Store, it's a way to be able to get some of the classic PS1 games out onto a ecosystem, any ecosystem. I would love that. Guys, it's just dawned on me. We were talking about Housemark and we were talking about Stardust, Stardust HD. Surely that's a perfect mobile game. Oh, that would be incredible to get on there. Resogun as well. Resogun on there would be amazing. Oh my God. And especially if they could fit, if they could somehow get their mobile games to sync up with the PlayStation Network so your trophies would sync, I could get the third platinum on Resogun. I've done it on PlayStation Vita. I've done it on PS4. I could just do it again. Chef's Kiss. Oh, that would be great. That's a perfect kind of mobile game, that is. That kind of arcade dumb fun that Housemark just love to do. What about yourself, Spence? What's your recommendation for a game they could bring? I mean, I'm just thinking about the mobile games I have played. And I've played, to be fair, in my time, I've played quite a lot. I've played Dead Space on mobile, because that existed. I played Call of Duty World at War Zombies. I played The Walking Dead Telltale mobile. Chapter 1 anyway, because it was free. The other chapters you had to buy. There's a lot of decent games on mobile, and usually when it's made from an actual gaming studio, similar to what what's happening with Wipeout, there's no kind of bullshit. There's no ad, ads, there's no microtransactions or anything, other than maybe buying the next chapter of the game or the story. Um, but I'm not sure what I would want. It'd have to be story-based. It couldn't be insanely competitive, not to make it beneficial anyway. Um, maybe some JRPGs, maybe visual novel-esque games like a Toeful Boyfriend. I don't know. I don't see why something like Uncharted wouldn't work. I mean, it worked really well on Vita. I mean, the digital buttons aren't great, but they're good enough. They're okay. And as long as you kind of like dumb it down to a certain extent, to make it work with that. I mean, hell, you can sync up like a, a DualShock to your phone anyway. So you can play it that way. My son plays Sonic 2 with a Genesis controller that I've got for, to my phone. So why couldn't you just do that? Uh, they released uh, Call of Duty Mobile. It was like Call of Duty Mobile Warfare or something. And it was a full-fledged Call of Duty game with maps from all the COD games. And you could fully just hook up your DualShock to it and play it like it's normal Call of Duty. Well, to be fair, you can already use the Dual Sense with the place with the PC. You can already do that. That's that's fine. You you can hook that up pretty easy. Mobile is a different kind of level to that. I mean, you could still hook up. I think a Dual Shock Four, but I'm not one hundred percent. I mean, all I've done with my phone, I bought Sonic One. I bought Sonic Two. I bought Streets of Rage One and Two. And my and my son plays them. I think. Well, to be fair, you know, if I'm going to get him into gaming, I'm going to get him in with the classics. You know. I was just about to say that, David, you know, if Sony are wanting to go onto platforms such as PC, such as mobile, why don't they open up the source code to the handset? Why not let people create the code for them to be able to interface with these with, with this hardware? So that's the thing. I suppose we've got pretty much anything on the table here. And I mean, I've already come out and said I want Colony Wars. That's my game. Spent you kind of undecided what you want to have. And Phil, obviously, you, you've come in with heavenly sword and stardust so i mean we got some good recommendations there 
we'll have to wait and see on this. I mean, this is one of those things with Wipeout that we just got to see what the plans are. And I mean, I just hope that Fire Sprite abandon everything they're doing and they just put all these Liverpool devs back on the Wipeout game because that's what they did. And they should never have been disbanded. It's one of those biggest losses that PlayStation made in PS3 generation that I think was just a massive mistake. And I'd just love to see them come back and make the franchise that they created and to do it justice and bring it back and make them compete with the Forzas and everything else in the world. Make a really competitive racing game that has very strict time trials, very strict racing, and it's just one of the best looking games on PlayStation 5. And I just hope, I hope, hope, hope that one day happens. But we'll have to wait and see. Imagine a super competitive, like I mean esports level competitive, wipeout on PS5 with the graphics that PS5 are putting out. And we're early on in the generation. There's so much scope there, mate. I think it's just an untapped market. I think it's just one of those things that you can just really get something behind it. I mean, it's it's basically Mario Kart, but serious Mario Kart. It's like Mario Kart, but not for kids. You got weapon upgrades that you go through and you pick up power-ups. But it's all about how you take those little tiny little tiny slants in the environment, which gives you a chance for a roll or a double roll. And that's how you get your little speed. And that's how you, that's how you get these little boosts, which then change your time from being like 0.2 of a second different from someone else. There's so much they could do with that series. It's such untapped potential. And they're just totally wasting it, in my opinion, putting it on mobile. So guys, on to our final topic. And our final topic of tonight is the IGN best video game of all time. So IGN, they've compiled a list, put together some brackets, and they've gone through knockout style to figure out what is the best game of all time. Their semi-finalists are Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, God of War, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and again, Grand Theft Auto V. So Grand Theft Auto coming in strong. All of these games are amazing, and we're not putting that down. But what we're saying is that this list is bullshit. Some of the things that have got cut out, have lost early on, are incredible games, and they need their mentions. Boys, do you think any of these results stick out to you negatively? Oh, like you said, there's so many that fucking piss me off here. I mean, let's break it down into the fact that the best game of all time isn't even included on this list. Metal Gear Solid isn't even there. They got Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. I mean, personally, this is something that a lot of people wouldn't want to admit to. It's nowhere near the best in the franchise. It's nowhere near. Metal Gear Solid 2 is a better game than Metal Gear Solid 3, and I'm sorry if you don't agree with me, but you're wrong. Metal Gear Solid 2 is absolutely incredible, and Metal Gear Solid 1 is a step above that. That's the best one in the franchise, but they put in Snake Eater. Are you mad? Are you actually on crack? I do not understand that. Fucking piss me off. And seeing it lose to The Last of Us, it definitely should lose. Whereas if you had Metal Gear Solid 1 in there, my opinion would be very different. It would be very different because it is a step above The Last of Us. And I love The Last of Us, but it's like comparing a 10 out of 10 perfect experience to a 10 out of 10 will wank me off 
and give me a kiss afterwards experience, which is what Metal Gear Solid will do. The one that pisses me off the most is Biased, obviously, because it's my favourite game, and it was up against the best-selling game of all time. So obviously more people have played it, it's going to get more votes. But The Last of Us lost to GTA V, which GTA V is a phenomenal game, it is. But it's no Last of Us, man. Last of Us is exceptional. So the one for me that sticks out, I know, Davey, we've been having a bit of banter on Twitter. Uh, a couple of the followers have uh, got involved with this one. I sort of highlighted that Half-Life 2 lost to The Rise of the Tomb Raider. Not sure on that one. I love gaming because of Half-Life, because of that series. Okay, Tomb Raider, brilliant on the PlayStation. The Rise of the Tomb Raider, again, a great iteration of the game, but it's not on the level of Half-Life. And that actually won 52 to 48 some of the people reporting on Twitter, that result wasn't accurate. And I'd like to stick by that. Half-Life 2 is a way better game than The Rise of the Tomb Raider. Come on. I mean, that's just a fucking madness. I mean, I'm not even a massive Half-Life fan. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that I came to Half-Life so late in Half-Life 2 that I just don't appreciate it for what it actually is. But even I know that that's a fucking travesty. Even I know that what that game did in terms of moving forward game physics and what you could do with the gravity gun and everything that game did in terms of its story and how it kind of outlined itself was just exceptional. It kind of laid the groundwork for everything that future generation would do, whereas Tomb Raider was just a piss poor copy of Uncharted. Spence, does anything else on this list stick out to you? We're going to pick two each. They're actually all good games, is the thing. On the two I'm trying to argue for, they're actually up against good games, so it's quite hard for me to say. But the one, the one I'll go with is, well, I've, I've recently played the game. It's Hades, which apparently, according to loads of people, should have won Game of the Year last year. Phenomenal game. I love it. Lost to Metroid Prime. And I know Metroid Prime is a phenomenal game. But I think Metroid Prime purely one for nostalgic reasons rather than it being a better game but i've not played metroid prime so i can see davy's face he doesn't agree with me but at the same time you've not played hades that's true that's true but i know the metroid prime is so fucking good it literally when that game came out it was unbelievable it was unbelievable i mean that game came out on the gamecube and it just blew my fucking tits off. I mean, I didn't even own a GameCube. My my friend Brett had one. And I played it around there. And it was... It was just unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like that on PS2 generation. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. And it wasn't until I bought a Wii that I played the Metro Prime Trilogy. And I played them all. And I loved them. I mean, I love Metroidvanias. So... I mean, that genre to me is just so good. And fusing that then with a graphic style, which I still hadn't experienced. I didn't own a PS3 at this point, so I didn't know what I was due to get into. It's sensational. It's a masterpiece game. I'll say, seeing as you can't talk on Hades and I can't talk on Prime, let's compare it differently. Because Hades was so closely compared 
after Last of Us 2 for Game of the Year, what's better, Last of Us 2 or Metroid Prime? Fucking hell, that's hard. That's hard. I, I mean, <clears throat> Last of Us 2 is one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. I'll put that straight out there. That That's one of the best games I've ever experienced in my entire life. Metroid Prime isn't that. It's not. It doesn't have the same emotional connection. It doesn't have all the same things the last of us 2 does that gets me invested in that series so for me the best games of all time give me an emotional response they give me something that i really connect with on a deeper level if you get me thinking about things in a different way get me totally changing the way i view games or something on that same level something that takes it beyond a game experience taking something that you go to work and all you think about is that game and you think about that game and you, you complete that game, you finish with it, you uninstall it, you're done, you walk away from it. A year later, you start thinking about that game. And that's what the best games of all time do to me. And that's what The Last of Us 2 and Last of Us 1 and that's what Metal Gear Solid does to me. You know, to, to still remember those games so fondly and so vividly. I don't get that with Metroid Prime. It's not on that level. It's definitely a 10 out of 10 game. It ain't in that same echelon. Yeah, uh, it's hard to say because I'm not deep enough in the Hades. But in terms of gameplay quality and game quality, it's 100% comparable. In terms of emotional connection, probably not as much. But I've played a bit of Metroid Prime, but way later. So obviously it's not the same for me. Hades is phenomenal. So that's the only reason I'm surprised Hades lost. Especially after all the fighting last year between Last of Us 2 and Hades. Yeah, but you know what it's like with Metroid. Metroid's like what we were talking about in the previous topic with Wipeout. It's one of those series that's very beloved, but it's only been played by a handful of people. So everyone would say they love it, but when you actually pin them down, one out of five of them have actually played it. And that's how it is. You know, everyone says they love Super Metroid. No one bought it. So no, you, you didn't play it. How's this for changing your opinion metroid prime then went on to lose to mario 3 i mean mario 3 is one of the best games of all time isn't it it is the best mario game yeah so i mean i'm not surprised it lost that 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 game's i'm not a massive 2d mario fan so that, that game wouldn't win for me but i'm not surprised that i'd be more surprised if metroid prime won that but then mario 3 lost to breath of the world <laughs> that's fucking insane all right <laughs> that's that's actually insane breath of the world wasn't even the best game of that year you know, <laughs> to be compared to Mario 3 is fucking insane. Like, that that game was dead. There's nothing in that world. There was nothing in that world whatsoever. It was a fucking dull experience. It was, it was literally, it was worse than Horizon, in my opinion. Way worse than Horizon. I enjoyed it. It's not a patch on Ocarina. It's not a patch on Wind Waker. It's not... I, I don't get it. I don't get the hype. I, I honestly don't get it. The end boss was terrible. I literally just didn't have a great time with, with that game. And I did pretty much everything. Other than 500 fucking random bollocks-ass dungeons. Uh, no. No. No chance. That's fucking bullshit. That's, that's bullshit. That's not even my choice, and that's fucking bullshit. All right, mate. Rant aside. We've been talking about this match for a bit too long. What is your choice? So my last choice, and I've got to be really careful not to hit the button here, is one that I posted in reply to Phil's comment about Half-Life, and that is with 
the fourth entry of the series that can't be mentioned, and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is probably the epitome of the Metroidvania style of games. It's probably the best. And if it's not the best, it's definitely in the conversation every single time. It's a game that I hadn't actually experienced until last year, and I played it for the first time, and it blew me away. It was exceptional on every single level. It looked fantastic, the way the 2D sprites work and the way they move across the environment was brilliant. The way that the game sets you out and doesn't tell you about the special abilities you have until you put in special combos and you figure them out. So you got you press down up and you do a super jump, but you'd never know about it because it never tells you. You do a, a random special like a Shoryuken moment movement and you transform into a different beast. It doesn't tell you any of this stuff, but you just figure it out as you play. And you'll randomly just press it and you'll be like, oh my god, this is brand new. And it just opens everything up. The game is actually excellent. It's got a secret ending which unlocks the other half of the game. It's one of the biggest games that's influenced everything for the last 20 years. And then you've got the fourth entry of the series that Kami mentioned. Which literally took the series from being in its heyday to going into a clusterfuck that they had to bring it back around again. From a series that had an identity for like four games, if you include Veronica, to then lose its own identity, sully itself over two sub- subsequent entries, and then have to get rebooted with the seventh entry. And the fourth entry wins. And the fact that the first entry, or the second entry, aren't included in there is actually insulting because there is more fans I would guarantee you that would put the second entry in there rather than that I can't see the first one being in there as much as I love that game and I evangelize it every time I talk about it the fourth entry does not deserve to be there I'm sorry Joe Thomas it does not it really does not no matter what Metacritic says it doesn't deserve to be there. You are preaching to the converted because everyone on this podcast definitely feels the same with you on this one. Um, for my final one that I want to highlight, I just want to highlight the bias of God of War. Okay. So its first opposition was Starcraft. Starcraft sold over 11 million copies and is a game that's gone on to create the biggest esports across China and Korea. And 10% of people voted StarCraft over God of War. I'm not saying that God of War shouldn't have won this, but I'm just saying that split is devastating. 10 to 90%. That is crazy. And especially because the next level up, God of War, by majority, beats one of my favorite games, which is Portal 2. 79 to 21. That's a bit of a harder one to swallow, yeah. Portal 2's an absolutely sensational game. In terms of StarCraft, just to go back to it, the reason why that didn't do better is because China don't have free internet. So they can't vote. <laughs> they can't vote, yeah. They can't vote. They have no idea this poll's going on. They wouldn't see IGN. No chance. No chance. Not unless they're, you know, got the John Cena apology video on repeat all the time. They ain't seeing that. So th- there's no chance that was 
that was going to be influenced. I mean, StarCraft hasn't been relevant for a long time, Phil. StarCraft 2 is massive in esports currently. Esports is nothing compared to the wider general public, though, is it? I mean, the thing about it is, like, as much as, as big as games like SF5 are and, you know, like fighting games and stuff. Fighting games versus StarCraft games. Anyway, let, let's not go into that can of worms that you're just trying to open before we're getting towards the latter stages of this podcast. But what I propose to you guys, uh, to move on swiftly before you stick your foot in your mouth about uh, esports, uh, is that we redo the greatest game of all time. We take these brackets and we film our own supplemental. It might be a podcast. It might go out on YouTube. We don't know. It might be both. And and we go through, we discuss each one because I think the majority of these games, at least one of us has played. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree. Does that sound fair? We'll go through and we'll give our honest, genuinely opinion about these games. And if there's a game in there that we feel probably shouldn't, such as the game that shouldn't be mentioned, four, should be replaced with two, we might replace them. Okay. But for the most part, it's the same bracket, yeah? For the most part, it's the same bracket. But if we're going to change a uh, version of the game, we might do. You guys happy with that? I think that's really good, yeah. What, what we'll do then, judging by that, over the next few weeks, we'll get that done. And that'll probably be on YouTube and onto podcast services. We'll put it as a, a video component where all three of us will be on camera. And then a podcast audio only, which will go up as a supplemental while we wait for you guys to vote for our spoiler cast from the past. Which, remember, that polling will finish in four weeks' time. So get on it, vote below, let us know what you want us to spoiler cast next, and in the meantime, we'll keep you occupied with the best game of all time. And that's been about it for this episode of NPS We Trust. Thank you ever so much for listening, we really, really appreciate it. Of course, if you want to support the show, the best way of doing that is by going on and reviewing it on your podcast service of choice. You can do that on Apple, you can do that on Google, you can do that on loads of them. And we really, really appreciate all of you that do that. It means a lot to the podcast, helps us grow and find a larger audience. But thank you ever so much for listening. I've been Davey. I've been Phil. And I've been Spencer. Take care, guys. Peace. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at ssjdavy, at philiphoy, at spenpie underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.